great to see uh, some old faces, our friends joining us today, and uh, welcome to those of you, it's your first time to be with us, and those who are joining from, um, those who are joining online, um, really welcome. So I'm going to be speaking about the leadership, so we are looking at leadership and the people of God. Leadership and the people of God is what we are going to be looking at. So in Exodus chapter 18, what you find is that there are so many principles there. And these principles are applied not only in church, but are principles that are applied in any other institution, other spheres um, of life, in families, etc. There are a lot of principles there. But we are not going to have time to cover all the principles. I'm just going to be dealing with two at least. Good to see Rich Landy and Ruth. I didn't, so I didn't realize they're here. Um, so we are going to be looking at two, and I pray that we get to those two. Uh, it's a very, very interesting passage. So uh, if you have your Bible with you, uh, I've got the verses on the screen. But uh, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 18. Uh, we'll be reading uh, from verse 1. So, um, I'm not sure if we've got it there. Something is happening. Okay. I'll read anyway. If you have your Bible with you, please, you can follow. So, Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father in law, Head of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people. How the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. I find it fascinating, by the way. It would have just said Jethro, but it repeat again. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home along with her two sons. The name of the one was Geshem, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreigner land. And the name of the other, Eliezer, for, the, for he said, the Lord of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law again, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. In other version it says, at the holy mountain of God. And when he sent word to Moses, I, father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and our two sons with her. Moses went out to meet with his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Then Moses, then, sorry, then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake. All the hardship that had come upon them in the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel. In that, he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Father, we thank you for your words this morning. Dear Lord, I pray that you would really speak to us through your words. Father, I pray that you prepare our hearts Holy Spirit, I pray that you lead, you guide. I pray that you bring about restoration into our lives where there is a need, God, for repentance, where there is a need for healing, God, whether spiritual or physical. I ask that you do so, God, in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Great. So let's pause a bit before we continue reading and tell of the story where we are, like, where do we find ourselves so far? You know, Moses and the group, they've crossed the Red Sea in chapter 15. And last week we heard, we looked at chapter 16 and chapter 17, 
how they encountered the challenges. You know, God provided for them, um, you know, the, the food, the manna, and God provided water for them. These were the challenges. They're not yet in this particular chapter. They are not in the promised land. They are just at a certain spot at the holy mountain, as we are told. And Moses is actually amazed. And uh, all the people looking back what the Lord has done. And the rumors and the news got to Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. You know, he heard about the story, and Jethro is the one with um, Moses' wife and the two sons. So when we think about the 27 chapters of, uh, verses of chapter 18, they are divided into two. You get verse 1 to verse 12. It just speaks about Jethro's arrival to Moses talks about family matters and also speaks about Jethro's faith. That's what it does, verse 1 to 12. And it's very interesting that, uh, you know, there is a mention of, of, um, of, of Moses' family and uh, what was actually the purpose for Jethro to get the wife and the two sons back to Moses. He wanted the purposes for them to reunite because if we go back to chapter 4, we'll see that's when the separation happened. Moses had sent the wife and the two sons. We are not told the actual reason why, but I think it could have been uh, just to make sure that they were safe and not staying with him, but that they could go to stay with his father-in-law. So that's where, uh, that's how the story um, that's where we are at so far in terms of the story. So verse 1 to 12, it's about Moses' family getting to reunite. Then you will get people to think perhaps that Moses maybe was neglecting his family. That's the reason why Jethro got upset and therefore he said, let me go and give you back. You can't leave your responsibility to me. I don't want to go that route. <laughs> Here, what we have to see is that you know, family is important. That is mentioned, you know, we'll get to see that later on. I'll touch on that. Uh, God, here, one thing I learned as I was preparing is that God is, the God that we serve is not the God that is going to call you to follow him or to save him and at, at the expense of your family or your siblings or relatives. No, he's the God. That's what we are told here. We can see that uh, there is a mention of kids. There is a mention of of family. Even earlier on in chapter 3, when Moses was called, God actually included Aaron. Mention again of family there. We see that our God is really interested in terms of the people who surrounds us. Family relationships is very important. So that's what I can say so far. But we will get to the details of that shortly. We continue to read from verse 10 to 12. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hands of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses, Moses' father-in-law, before God. Now, this is very interesting. Um, Moses' father-in-law is a high priest of the Midianites. Now, we have to understand who are the Midianites. Um, they are the descendant of Abram, but not from Sarah, from Ketra. If we go back to Genesis chapter 25, you discover that after the death of Sarah, then Abram had another wife. That's where they come from, the Midianites. So they were not worshipping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were worshipping other gods. Now, this is where the faith of Jethro come to play. And what we can learn here, Jethro heard about what God has done, 
Uh, but before he even got to Moses, he had heard it, obvious, maybe via people who were traveling in between, in and out of Egypt. And if it was to our time today, it would have been every newspaper because Moses at this point is not a small deal. He is a big deal. This is the guy who actually have seen the miracle and the rumors are going. By the way, he's got more followers at this point of time. You know, a lot of people are under his leadership. And if he was on Facebook today, it's actually every person who talk about it. So he's not a small deal. He's a big deal. And Jethro is looking at Moses. The guy, the person he's going to meet is not the Moses who was used to work under him and tending to the sheep. This is a different person is a different person and we have to understand Jethro is not worshipping the same God as Moses uh, but he's so amazed to hear of what the God Moses has done and uh, then he got to Moses and Moses actually said it himself he explained, he said we had some difficulties along the way you know, we didn't have food, we didn't have water, uh, by the way in chapter 17 as we heard last week, the end of chapter 17 you know, they encounter the enemy's opposition. I think the Amalekites who were on their way. And Amalekites and the Midianites, they kind of like have a relationship because they come from the same line. And when Jethro heard that God, through Moses and his crew, they, defeat, they defeated that, that group of people, it was a big thing to Jethro. It was massive. It was not a small thing. And this is a high priest. This is not just any. Jethro is also a big deal. And when he heard about all these stories, then he said to Moses, as we read here, you know, now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, including my God. Now I know that the God I worship all these other gods, they are smaller before this God. Your God, Moses, is the greater God. Amen. Jethro believed. Now, what can we learn from, from, from this uh, story is that I want you to think about a family member who's so far away from God. I want you to think about a colleague who is so far away from God. Listen, there is no one, we might think like that person is nowhere near the grace of God. You never maybe experience the grace of God. That's not true because Jethro is the high priest. Going back to where he was coming from, he was just going to tell the guys, listen guys, I'm no longer going to do what I was doing because I've encountered the great God. So there is no limit when it comes to God's grace. God can reach any person. And this is the reason why the church exists. God is on mission to rescue and to reach out to those who are far away from him. Some people, you know, we have to know and to understand that. As example of Jethro here, your colleagues, family members, my colleagues and family members, it's not that they are not worshipping anything. Human acts, we are all drawn to worship something. We all move towards something where we think, this is where I'm going to find my happiness, my joy. My, you know, we all worship something. It's like you worship money, you worship someone, you worship... There are all these things where we've, we've actually, we continue to build our lives around. It was other gods, the idols, but God really reached out to him. So what we can learn is that we don't have to stop to talk about the to give the testimonies of what God is doing, even if you may think it's a small thing, but we have to continue to talk about it. Moses himself gave, you know, the account to, to Jethro. He said, this is what God has done for us. It is important for us to talk about the goodness of God in our lives. It is important for us to share of ourselves with other friends who might be struggling, who might have, they, they might have a lot of questions about your God about my God, I think we have to tell them. We don't live on different planets. We live on the same planet. We face the same challenges, but we face them differently. And Moses, something we can learn here, the humility. He did not only talk about the good things. He also mentioned about the challenges. Because it is by mentioning the challenges 
It is the sign of showing that it is not me, Moses, who did it, but it is God. It is not you, it is not me, but it is the work of God. It is important for us to think of that. So if I have to just get Jethro's words, you know, what Jethro said in in verse 10, he goes, I want to say that Yahweh is great. I want to say that Yahweh is great. He rescued you, Moses, and all the Israelites from the Egyptians and their king. By the way, it's not a small thing. Pharaoh was another big deal. The Egyptians, they had all that, the machineries and all that it takes that these guys could not leave Egypt. Without weapons, without what? This is only the end of God. He saved you from the power of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all those gods that people worship. Because he saved his people when the Egyptians treated them with such contempt. But God saved them. Now I know. At last, I am convinced that Yahweh is greater than all other gods because he rescued the Israelites from the power of their arrogant Egyptians' enemies. Now let me encourage you if you're a Christ follower do you really know that Yahweh is greater? Do you really believe that Yahweh is greater? Because if you don't see it it's impossible for others to see it in you. If you don't speak with conviction about your God it is not easy for others to actually believe in the God you believe in. It is not easy for others to go, wow, your God is greater than my God. Because they see doubt, because they see that you are not even sure whether it was God or not God's end. You thought maybe it was a normal rhythm, maybe your own abilities. You took the credit in a place of giving the credit to God and said, this is not me, it is God. Even in little things. Even in small things, we are to speak of God's goodness and what he's doing in our lives. Now we move to verse 13 to 23. I know some of you are saying, where are the two things? I know, because some of you love number one, number two, number three. The two things are there, the two principles are coming. (laughs) (laughs) but the two principles are to the church so that from the church we can actually apply that. We apply them in the church, but to the church, and we'll be finishing with those two two things. Let's go through to verse 13 to 23. The next day Moses said to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning to evening. This is the famous man. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning to evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute... They come to me, and I decide between one person and another. And I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out. For the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice. And God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall own 
them about the status and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. This is very, it's getting now interesting that Jethro, we see his conversion, you know, we see he celebrates, we see that he calls the elders, Aaron, they all celebrate together about what God has done. In fact, for his own uh, salvation as well. Then the next day, he saw his son-in-law put the chair outside, establish himself, and the queue, you know, people are queuing to meet with Moses and to actually speak about their issues. Moses, listen, this is what this person has done to me. Moses, you know what, what can I do? Should I actually, uh, you know, should I fight them back? Should I make them pay? And Moses is sitting there, he's seeing one by one, the queue is too long, a lot of people. Imagine you've got two million followers and you are to answer their questions. How many days would that take you? Or how many hours would that take you? You've got all these followers on Facebook and, you know, they all want to talk to you. They all, because you are too famous. You, you, you really, and they believe that you've got something to give them. And you know you've got something to give them. What Moses was doing was nothing wrong. But there was something wrong when it comes to the structure in terms of the way he was doing it. So that's why I said we are talking about leadership and the God's people. You know, the leadership of Moses, that's where the problem was. And we still see that leadership in the world and the church today. The problem is not what he was doing. He was doing the right thing. By the way, I would look at and say, this is the guy who has a caring and compassionate heart. He wants to see people get what they deserve. But Jethro looked at that and said, come on. Are you really serious with what you're doing? Are you really, don't you know that what you're doing is not only bad for you, but it is also bad for the people. That's very interesting. It's not only bad for you, but it's also bad for the people. Now, let's, let, why is it bad for the people? It's bad for the people. First of all, it's bad for you because you've got family. <laughs> you've got other responsibilities. You, you, you've got life to live. You've got to connect with God in a way that is not in a rush. You, you've got to deal with your own kids. You've got your wife to lead, to take care of. There are all these things. That, there's life around you. But, but the way you, you've structured yourself, it's not going to help you. You, you are actually going to, to really not even getting to the end of the race. It's bad for other people because... Jethro reveals later on the reason why it's bad for other people. It's like you are robbing these people of, of, of their opportunity to also exercise their gift. You are robbing them the opportunity. Imagine Andre stands and preaches. Then afterwards I go, I take the kiddah, I start singing. Then afterwards I left a bit, I go to kids' ministry. Kids, how are you doing here? And all that. You know, after that, then I go to the door. I say, William, leave me. I'm the one who is going to be calling people in, start to sign people in, taking temperature. This is the picture I want you to have. Jethro is looking at Moses and saying, Moses, think about this. This is not right. It is not good for you, and it's not good for these people. He said, moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God and are trustworthy and hate bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. 
If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure. You will be able to last. And all these people also will go to their place in peace. Here's the first principle. The people of God are given gifts to build up the community. Moses stopped robbing God's people of the opportunity to use their gifts. I don't want to rob any of you the opportunity to use your gift because your gifts are God's given. At the same time, it is important for you to look at God's community. That's why I said these are principles that not only they're not only applicable in the local church, but are also applicable everywhere else. We are all we all have gifts from God. God has blessed us with gifts. And we are to use those gifts. If you want Carolina to last and to endure, <laughs> then a lot of you have to stand up and say, I'm going to use my gift in the next-gen ministry. I've got a gift. I'm not going to wait for Carolina to always give courses to my kids. Then she should run down again. She should sign up people, and she should do... And no, you have to stand and say, I've got a gift. Is it not good to be in a community where structurally we've got what we call life groups? Where it is an opportunity for a small group of people like Jethro has said, you know, you have to put some leaders to look after this small group of people. They can do life together. They're going to go back home in peace. They're going to enjoy community, relationship. You're going to build up each other. Discipleship happens well in a small group. Moses, what you are doing, people are going to remember it. Get people in groups. And that is the best strategy to win the battle. You know, it felt like a military plan. In order for you to win the battle, you need to work in groups. And we've got that in this community. We don't apply a leadership where one man, or what you can call a one man show. This is not the place. This is a place where we believe that God has sent you here for a reason. God has sent you here for a purpose. God has put you here for a reason. This is not a place for you to sit on the bench and just watch and observe. You know, Jethro said to Moses, don't ever think that the people are standing here, they don't have the ability to do what you're doing. If I think of that, that would be silly of me. I see God's ability People with ability, people don't like bribes in Weinberg. They don't like bribes. God-fearing people. God has blessed you with amazing gifts. And these gifts are not just to be utilized out there. These gifts are to build a community with God's people. It starts here, then you take it out there. So if... Okay, let's read this. Let me read. I want to read so that you know it's not coming from Andre. It's coming from Scripture. Let's read. Romans chapter 12, a very common particular chapter. It says here from verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, it's not on the screen, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Friends, having gifts 
that have been given to us, you know, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in the proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, this is God's word. We are in the New Testament. God has blessed us with gifts. They are all different. The one who teaches, let them teach. I enjoy teaching. I love teaching. Let me teach. Don't send me to sign up people. If I do that, I'm not going to endure longer. Don't send me to do three things, four things. That's what Jethro is saying to Moses. There is no way you can do with all the pastorals of these people on your own. That will be pride. That will be lack of humility. That will be hindering other people's gifts. That will be also building towards yourself and not letting God leading his people. And that is not the way leadership should be structured in the church. Where are you utilizing your gift? Now I'm talking about here. You can, I know that the answer, the quicker answer and short one is, hey, by the way, you don't know. I'm managing people in my workspace. I, I, I'm doing that as I said in God's community where God has placed you. Friends, God, the people of God are given gifts to build up the community. Whether you find yourself as one in the group, or whether you find as one leading one of the groups, but together you are bringing your gift together to advance and to build the community and to see the work of God move forward. We can push the kingdom of darkness together. You don't only leave it to the elders. You don't only leave it to the deacons. Together we can push the kingdom of darkness with the help of God. I would love to call you to be a participant and not to be the observer. This community needs you. This community needs your gift. In worship team, next gen, sound, in all aspects, in teaching or preaching, meeting leading, all these ministries, we are here to identify the gift, as Jethro said to Moses, select among God's people. That's our responsibility. By the way, you can say this is in the Old Testament. Can you tell us where do we see this again in the New Testament? We see it in Acts chapter 6. A similar kind of issue where the church, the people are quarreling and there are issues there. And the apostles, they look at that. They say, you have to select people amongst you. Bring them to us. And they gave the same similar kind of criteria. This is what we are looking for. And we are going to bless those people and those people are going to save while we give ourselves to prayer so that we can concentrate there while we are all fighting this battle to make sure that the shalom of God is here. Amen. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties and tens, and they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. 
Here's the last one, the last principle. The people of God are given leadership and structure for their flourishing. Any structure in a local church, it's for your good. Now, think about what Jethro said. He started by identifying the problem. He said, this is good for you, and not only for you, Moses, but it is also not good for the people. And when he gave a suggestion, he said, this is what is going to save, not only you, but it's also going to save the people. It is for the flourishment of Moses and the flourishment of the rest of the people. The structure in a local church is for the flourishment of the people of God and the leadership of that particular church. But we can be proud. We can get too, too proud. Let, 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 me, let me get back to Moses. Think about this. Imagine you are in Moses' position. Maybe that's where you are today, now. Successful in every area. You know, you are really doing well in all aspects. You feel like you are very successful. You know what that does? When a Jethro is sent to you by God, you are going to, to look at that Jethro and say, how much things have you accomplished so that I can listen to you? Now, Moses had all the reason to look at Jethro and say, Jethro, this is not the guy who used to keep your sheep. Jethro, you have to realize that I've got more followers than you. Jethro, you have to know that I'm the one who wore the stick and the Red Sea actually went apart. You were not there. Jethro, you just said about Pharaoh, but I was the guy who stood in front of Pharaoh. Listen to me, father-in-law. I am not going to take your advice because you've got to, you, don't, you don't have what it takes to tell me what I should do and what I shouldn't do. You might look the same to the leadership that God has put in place in the local church and say, Andre, you don't have what it takes to tell me what I should and not do. You might lose the opportunity of your Jethro because of your pride. But it is for your good. It is for your flourishment. Don't lose the opportunity. Moses was considered as a humble man. I think it's because of the approach. Moses looked at that and said, wow. You know, sometimes pride, it keeps us in a place where we refuse even to ask for help because we think we are great and people laugh at us. We continue to trust in our own abilities. We continue to trust. I'm not refusing. There is nothing wrong in terms of doing well in what you're doing. But you have to be careful that there are other people that are sacrificing their families for the sake of work. That's not good. When you are told that sex with, before marriage is not right, don't push me away to say that you are old-fashioned. Things have changed. When, if I say that the love of money more than God, it's idol-worshipping, don't tell me you don't know what you are talking about. The world today is looking for people who are so creative, who are really desperate to make more money. No. No. And whatever you are not prepared to let go, that is what you are worshipping. And that's your God. We see the story of one admitting to say, I'll let go of my God, but now I'm advising you, you have to let go of what you are doing. <laughs> there is a, you know, a mutual you know, exchange there. They're, they're, they're talking, you know... Jethro looked at Moses. Moses looked at Jethro and said, wow. Moses said, wow, what a great insult. We don't know what was going in Moses' heart. We don't know. Other commentators think like, okay, that's a reason why. Because he was too busy. He couldn't get to his family. He was not far from his family. Maybe he sacrificed the wife and the kids. That's the reason why Jethro said, this is not on. You have to come. I'm bringing, by the way, it was not Moses who asked for Jethro to come. It was Jethro who initiated 
the journey. He said, I'm coming to you, but I'm not coming alone. I'm bringing my wife and the kids. Someone need to push us. Someone need to step into our space in order for us to see God and in order for us to really read our season perfectly. Maybe you need that this morning. Have you had your Jethro moment? How many Jethro moments have you pushed away for the sake of your selfishness and thinking you have it, you've got all that it takes? Listen, it's just a matter of time. You are not going to endure. The good news is that we don't only have this one story of Jethro and Moses. We don't just have the word of Jethro, but we've the word of God. We have the word of God. And God is speaking to us through his words. Today, in God's words, we can sit, we can learn on how we are to conduct ourselves, if we give ourselves to it, if we sit under Jesus' leadership, we can learn on how we are to live our lives without having to look for other things to, to really satisfy our desires. Matthew 20, Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 to 28. Jesus called them together. He called his disciples and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, Lord, it's Lord, it's over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to save and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Friends, the reason to save the Lord, the reason to really get involved in the life of the church should be because of what Christ has done for us, not because someone is pushing us. Christ followers, as we speak God's word, each day as we spend time or when we find ourselves in difficult situation, etc., Jesus, our high priest, speaks the word to the Father in the courts of heaven, interceding for us. It's no longer a Moses. Jesus is the head of the church, but he has put structured in place through the leadership and other people. But the access to the Father does not require us to stand a long queue each day, but we've got one who has done it once and for all. So our relationship with God is not based on what we can do for God. It's based on what Christ has already done for us. Amen. We find love and provision because Jesus, our advocate, stands up for us so we can win every single battle each day because of what he has done, not what we can do for him. Can I invite us to stand? The people of God are given gifts to build the community. The people of God are given leadership and structure for their flourishment. If you want to grow in your relationship with God and others, you are to live under an established structure of God that God has placed in his church. That is the best place where you can exercise your leadership the best place where you can exercise your gift. And you will flourish, others will flourish, and the community of God 
will be brought. And the kingdom of darkness will be pushed away. I am not going to ask you to say, how many of you want to volunteer at the next gen ministry? I'm not going to do that anymore. I want to ask you to think about where you are exercising your gift. When it comes to God's community, This could be your Jethro moment. The Lord wants you to hear this. You might be successful in all that you're doing. This is not a call to threaten anyone. <laughs> this is a call to remind you that do not sacrifice relationship because of what you are pursuing. It's time to surrender to God. Jethro realized that the God of Moses was greater than his gods. He said, you know what? Now I know. I don't know who is your God. I don't know what gods you are busy chasing or worshipping. But maybe it's time to surrender. Maybe it's time to say, I want the God of Moses. Let me pray for us. Can I ask maybe the best way to do this? Maybe the band will just be playing on the background. Can I maybe ask you to just have a moment? Because um, those who feel comfortable to have your eyes closed, maybe you can have your eyes closed. But uh, if, if maybe you feel comfortable to sit, please sit. If you feel comfortable to stand, stand. I, I don't want to rush. I, I want you to think about a few things. I want you to think about what you've just said this morning. Are there things in your life that you don't want God to put his hand on? You don't want God to touch? As I said earlier, like Jethro spoke to Moses, but Moses really demonstrated the humility of allowing Joshua to speak in his life. Are you really allowing, are you humble enough to let God deal with whatever is currently putting you under pressure that you don't have time even to spend with friends, family? You don't even have time to spend with God. You don't have time to spend in God's words if you are a Christ follower in the name of being busy in the name of chasing things you realize that there is no joy you don't find joy in life but yet scriptures told us that Jesus came so that we may have life abundant life and on top of that eternal life Now, maybe you find yourself in a place where you are so busy chasing things that you don't care the people you hate along the, world, the way. You don't care whether your family is neglected, your children, etc. Maybe there are also young adults who are listening to me. Maybe your parents have had some Joshua moments, but yet you've turned it down because you think they are old-fashioned. Maybe God wants you to hear this. It is time. It is time to restructure your self-leadership. It's time to put some self-disciplines um, in place that are going to help you to flourish, that are going to help you to enjoy your relationship with God, that are going to help you to enjoy your relationship with your parents, are going to help you to enjoy your relationship with your siblings. And those around you. Are you becoming more irritating? Those are the signs of someone who is running too hard. Jethro said to Moses, this is not good for you and for the people. Are you running too fast, too hard? That you don't have time to, to pause? 
You don't have time to appreciate the life that God has given you. You don't have time to enjoy your relationship with God. You don't have time to enjoy the blessings of friends and family, people God has given you, whether in the workspace. You don't have even time to really witness properly because you are too busy. Friends, issues will never leave us in this life. But if we can position ourselves well this morning in the presence of the one who is greater, the one who, as we were singing, Francis said, you know, is the giver of life. Our relationship with God is not based on what we can do for him. It's based on what Christ has done for you and what he has done for me. Therefore, we can enjoy this relationship. He has frees us from the spirit of performance and trying to prove ourselves. I want you to hear this. You are graced. You are proved. You are set apart by your Father. And that's what you have to take with you today. The call is not for you to save him so that he can love you more. The call is for you to enjoy him and enjoy doing his work for his glory. It is for your good. Maybe pray a prayer. A prayer of repentance and say, God, forgive me. I've been running ahead of you. I've had so many people along the way. Help me to understand my season well. Like Jethro helped Moses. Self-leadership is important. Please pray. Pray to God. If you are not a Christ follower yet, can I invite you? Can I invite you to to pray this prayer? (laughs) When Jethro heard about the great news, he said, this is the great God. I want this God. I'm convinced that this this is a powerful God. If he can deal with Pharaoh, then he's going to do with my fears. He's going to do with any little things that I've been concerned about in my life and all the things that I've been chasing. Maybe you pray and say, God, here I am. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior, Jesus. Hallelujah.